This week's parasha, Parashas Vayera, we find the only mother, the only parent in Kala Tairakula that ever abandons their child. Hagar, a guy. And she says, She throws him away. There's no Jewish parent that would ever do that. Like on the airplanes when they have the message that we all hear and everybody knows in the event of a sudden loss of cabin pressure, right? The, the oxygen masks will fall down. And what do they say? First, put the mask on your child and then on yourself, right? I guarantee you. Put and twisted. First put the mask on yourself and then on your child. I can guarantee you I've never done a study. We don't need to. No Yiddish parent would ever do that. To first put the, the thing on, even though you're supposed to. Right? And this is the only time we see a parent abandoning their child and it's hugger. She says, I can't, I can't deal with this. It's too much. Too much for me. Let me go away. And we know that we never abandon our children and I have a friend that lost a child, Nabuch, to Yanamachla, to cancer, Rahman It was very, very painful. But he would never say, No, I'm not gonna go there, I can't watch him, I can't I can't can't deal with this. We do everything that we can to be there for our children no matter what they go through. That's a Jewish trait. And we hold their hands through their darkness and we carry them through the darkness to the other side. And when we don't, Rahman today was another suicide. A twenty year old girl committed suicide. And I, I, I ask Hashem, please, for Gans Klal Yisrael to protect us. We should never hear such a thing like this again, ever. It's hundreds of kids a year around the world to be killing themselves with suicide and drugs. I'm very thankful that Baruch Hashem and our group of over a thousand kids, we've never had a suicide. Bali and her, Bali and her, Bali and her. For that alone, it's Kedai, to have a Mahalach with hundreds of kids that were suicidal, or that we're heading towards that where if you're homeless and you have nothing to live for, that's when you realize my parents don't like me. I told you my true story. All my stories are true. My dear friend, he told me. One day he said, you know, Avi, my parents don't like me. He was a kip. He, was, he went through hell and, and he had tattoos and everything, but heart of gold. We knew him well. He said one day, you know, my parents don't like me. And that means that I'm not likable. And if so, I have no reason to live. And a few days later, he tried to kill himself. And that's why, of course, we say, I love you. Of course, we, we, we shower the kids with love. But when you say, I love you, that's good. We say, I like you, it's much more powerful. I love you. I would love you even if you were Down syndrome. I love you because God put inside of me in the, in the, in the, in the Bria to love each child, and they need to hear it, and you need to say it. Right, Not like this husband, he told his wife, the wife said, how come you never say I love you? He said, before we got married, I told you I love you, and if there's any change, I'll let you know. Well, I don't have to keep on reminding you. So you have to tell your kids, I love you all the time. Every time you bench them Friday night, which you should, even if it's not your minig, if you're, not, if you're worried about it, ask your dastaira. Kids need it, with a hug, with a kiss, it's a new world. Gotta do it. It wasn't my minig. And I realized, Baruch Hashem, almost 30 years ago, kids need it. Bench them, you hug them, don't let go first, no padding, no smushing, just hold your kids, say something nice, okay? Think about it beforehand, and say, I love you. But the power, the power of the words, I like you, means you're likable. It's very, very powerful. I like being around you. Try it. 
we're here to rebuild broken self-esteem, which is the biggest machla, whether it's PTSD or whether it's just the machla of the dar, people feeling I'm not good enough, I'm not likable. If my father likes me, I know I have value. My mother likes me, I know I have value. I feel that I'm a letdown to my parents. I feel inside worthless. And then anything that'll numb my pain. I'll overdrink, overdrug, find other people to like me, anything. And it's all bad. And this is even for all of our kids. And there's no reason. It's free. You have a, In your pocket, you have a vitamin L, vitamin love, vitamin like. It's free. It'll save you a lot of money in therapy. To raise your kids knowing I like you. And it, it shines through. And when you have to be mechanic, you follow a chidduch book and you do it properly without frustration and anger and put-downs, none, none of that. You follow any chidduch book. And you never do anything. There is no chidduch intervention that is legitimate that makes the child feel that you like or love them any less. That's what chidduch is really all about. And you can do any chidduch that you need to on regular healthy kids. And they never feel, even for a second, that you like or love them any less. And that's what our G'daylum taught us. That's what our G'daylum taught us. When I was by Maron, Rav Gershon Edelstein, Zatzal, he said, took me a while, I don't have such a litvish Yiddish, I couldn't figure out what he was saying. That's what it sounds like, right? He says, today there's no small doicha yimin mekarev. You push away with the left and you pull in with the right, a little this, a little put down, a little t-. He says, Today it doesn't exist. Babacher Rebbe, Schusi Yogan said the same thing. The Satmar Rebbe, the everybody says the same thing. And people are still trying to. Marin Rebeliashiv, Zatzal, who was not a softy, so to speak, who was a Ish Halacha, he was very old, and he said, Today in our Dar, there is no small daicha. He said, watch it. It's on my wall there. If you don't believe me, that's why I put it up there. They asked him, what's the derech of, of regular chinuch, of regular healthy children? He said, yimin mekarevis, yimin mekarevis, yimin mekarevis. Just bring them closer. You'll solve the problems. It seems like, well, well, well everybody says, well, if they're not going to get any, any tough looks, right? Why should they ever improve? They don't realize that a kid who feels liked and loved doesn't even go to that place as far. He'll go to where he goes, but he's not going to go to that place of the kid who doesn't feel liked and loved. And the G'daylam Tzadikim, over 100 understood it, over 90 understood it. And they said, really, never? You never do small daicha? You never say, you know, something of a rejection? So he said, okay, you're right. Maybe once in 70 years you should do a little bit of rejection and then come back to your Mekarev. So if the tzaddikim could say that, why do we have to be smarter than them? And more. He said, there's nothing you can gain with a patch that you can't do with a hug. And people think, no. I have to punish, I have to punish, I have to punish. So whatever punishment you're doing on healthy kids, not my geshaft. That's not my business. But certainly with a struggling neshama, you're just going to end up paying a very, very high price. We don't reject our kids. We shower them with love. And then like Abshmuel said, he said, what if you give a hug and the kid still is, is bad? He said, so you give another hug. The more that we hug our kids, the more that we follow the derech of tzaddikim, the more successful we'll be. 
Because if a kid feels an hour dar, where they're very hyper, super sensitive, even for a short time, it doesn't give you the result that you want. And Siva Shalom who said, there's many mechanchem and parents that think that they're very, very good at educating children. But in the end, the child proves them wrong. You could have a lot of shitas. Pedagogue, right? Or in, how do you say that in Hebrew? Pedagogia, right? You could have a lot of ideas. He said, but in the end, the kids are going to prove you wrong. So we have to make sure that when we are mechanach, our children, we're following in the derech of tzaddikim, gives us the highest rate of success and to heal and to bring back those. No reason for rejection. No reason for rejection. What did Lubavitcher Rebbe say? Mahatzaton mm-hmm. We're dealing with Jews. He says the whole thing that you need to be tough and to show a, a tough face, the whole thing is an einrednish. Mahatzaton betiden. He said the whole thing is talking, how do you say einrednish in English? Being talked, convincing yourself. And unfortunately, a lot of from therapists, which I love, and I send probably more people to therapy than any regular, I'm just, I'm not a company. I'm not an institution. For a regular guy, I, I love therapists, but not for this. They're advising based on Gaisha mentality. And we have to know what the Torah says about, about all children, and especially those who are broken. Yiddish children do not respond to threats and to feeling, I'm angry at you. You're a letdown. You're a loser. And it, even if you win the battle, you will pay a high price. A lot of people say, yeah, but it worked. So go back even further. Zatzal. He, he, he must have written this 60, 70 years ago. How, how long ago was he nifter? Anybody know? Look it up in Raising Royalty. Plug. It's in the book. Okay? He said many, many years ago, he said, when you do real chinuch, and there's a real connection and bond, which is what we're all about, then the child will never leave you if you're in front of him or even if you're not in front of him, if you're separated by land, space, or even life and death. When they think of you, they have to want to be like you. You have to be role models and they have to feel, I want to be like my parents because they liked me and they loved me. When they see the Dmust Yuknai Shalaviv, like Yaakov saw, what do they think? He thinks I'm a letdown, I'm a loser, she thinks I'm a pain in the neck, I shouldn't be around. That's going to hurt them. Or they see the face of somebody that loves me more than anybody else in the entire world. And that's the tug of war that we're in, especially with kids who are already out there. There's a tug of war. And we have to pull them back in. And the only way to do that is following what the Chazanish said. Yinasu lemashcham ba'avaysais ahava the light Khalila on the wall somewhere. And the Balshamtav said the same thing. Pull them in with ropes of love and God forbid don't reject them. And that's on all kids, but when you're playing for keeps in our area where kids are I hear from parents in earlier stages, yeah, but we still have to push that 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 and it's like you're pushing you're you're pushing a kid off a cliff. And people are scared to be soft. But you know that this is much tougher. It takes a much tougher person to this, to do this, than to be screaming and yelling. And I always thought that the people screaming and yelling in the streets or in, in yeshiva or in, in, in shul or that they're tough. And I realize now they're weak. All the tough tzaddikim, they were soft. 
They were soft. Rav Pams, that's all. He said, I can raise, Al Chazanish and Rav Pams said very similar. Chazanish's words were, I can raise my voice like the Shaifer. I can blast my voice, but it will lose, it will lose its power. Divrei Chachamim, words of Chachamim are only heard softly, and only softly. And our words, we have to be like a Chacham, soft. Once it's loud, it loses, that's what Rapam said. The louder our voices go, the weaker they become. And the more times that we use a loud voice, the less of an effect it has on your, on your kids. They just get used to being yelled at, used to screamed at. You'll see they don't respond. So if you do it once a year, okay, they'll be shocked. If they hear it every day, every week, every month, blah, 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 blah. what are you doing? How can we be doing? Whatever. It just becomes background noise. And the feeling that they have is that they're not liked. Why? They're not liked makes them feel they're not loved. Why? So listen to why. The way that it works with every other relationship in the world is you like somebody. And then you like them more. And then you like them very, 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 very much. And then down that road becomes love. That's how it works with every relationship in the world. Except for one. Children. Children, you love them, you would die for them when they're born. When, they were, when they're born. If a terrorist or somebody, Yemachshamom, came and threatened, you would, you would take a bullet for this kid. You don't even know the kid. It's in the Bria. It's part of creation. So we love our kids even before anything. And even if they're not healthy, and even if they're not, even more if they're not healthy. And even if they're Down syndrome, they're, they're mentally challenged, whatever it is. We love them. And a lot of the parents who are screaming and yelling at their kids, even those who tell me, I hate my kid, I wish they would... Parents feel that way. I don't blame you there. You don't know how to deal with it. That's part of what we do here. We reverse that icky, yucky feeling inside of you. Baruch Hashem, we had parents that trained here. When was training? Two weeks ago. So I spoke on the Zoom call to parents who flew in from out of town. And they, they came in with such a yucky feeling. Both mom and dad really... They're living with this feeling for, for a long time that I, I really don't, I really hate my kid. Besides what it does for the kid, it's, it's the most horrible feeling as a parent. It's the most disgustingly yucky feeling as if you don't want to feel that way. And they came two weeks ago and now hopefully, Mirza Shem, I see you're here, you're, you, you guys are doing great. And, and Mamashin, within a week or two, they're like, you know, our house has come and I now have feelings of, like and love to my child that I haven't felt in the longest time. Dayenu, I've done my job. It's worth it to be alive just to just to make that change. The house should be calm. They don't hate their kid. They don't want and 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 Mirz Hashem, you know what's going to come out of that? Bezras Hashem, they're going to mamish win the kid back. They're going to pull her in with ropes of love, which you cannot do if the kid thinks and they know how you feel. Before you open your mouth, they know if you're against them or you're with them. Right? So, every relationship, like, 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 leads to love. Except for our children that we love even before we like them and even if we don't like them. And if we hate them, it's really just frustrated love. If we didn't love them so much, we wouldn't care so much, you wouldn't hate them so much. If it was a neighbor that was, that you met outside without clothing, you wouldn't scream and yell and say, because, okay. But your kid, you freak out out of love and out of concern. Legitimate love and concern, but if it's not dealt with properly, it makes the situation worse. 
the calls that I get, Rabbi Sai, out of TP family, I don't know if you all appreciate or if you remember. Some of you have amnesia. You forget what things were like beforehand. The calls that I get, you cannot imagine. The amount of homeless kids. Where's all of our kids? Home and happy. That's the goal, and we achieve that, I would say, for sure, 99% of the time. Home and happy and calm, and you don't hate them, and they don't make your stomach turn anymore once you understand what you're dealing with. So we could understand that, hey, I, I still love you. I would, I, I would, even, even if you are fighting with your kid, but if they get hit by a car, you're gonna, you're gonna donate a kidney, you're gonna sit by that hospital no matter what. So many parents in Israel that lost kids who were not living at home, who maybe they thought they hated, and, um, now they, they, they're feeling, they're sitting shiva and they're feeling such regret and such loss and such love. Why? Because we love our kids. It's in the Bria. Even animals have it. Animals have it. The Navi says, F Kishem, Kedoiv Shakel. He says, there's nothing more terrifying than a mama bear that doesn't know where its cub is. Even a bear. I mean, like, so get another bear. Like, they all look the same, right? They probably say that about us. Right, they all look the same, so you have another bear. No, if she doesn't know where her cub is, she will go ahead and even animals they know they know that this is my puppy. I saw it on Animal Planet. Anybody watch Animal Planet? Highly recommend it. Animal Yeah, we're talking about you. Animal Planet. Chimpanzee. Proof that man comes from monkey. Um <laughs> Right, so this animal planet. Just talk about it for thirty seconds, okay? Because it's really interesting. I don't know how I ended up stumbling upon this, but if you stumble enough, hopefully this is all you find and nothing worse. So the the um, the alligator or the crocodile. I don't know the difference. I'm sorry, I don't know the difference between animal. Uh, uh, I mean, they're on different continents. Okay, ladies, when you get like shoes, the or purses, what's better, crocodile skin or alligator skin? Alligator purse? Okay. So alligator, one of these things. Anyway, so do you know that when she's pregnant and she's going to give birth, okay, when she's going, she's going into labor, the women are hanging out together and the men, do you know they hang out separately? That's the first time I see men jealous of an alligator. They hang out separately. And she calls him, not on the phone, not text, not WhatsApp. And they have the sound like underwater, right? And he's w- hanging out with his cover, probably smoking a cigarette. And he hears, and he leaves, and they have this on video. He could recognize his wife's voice. And he's like, bye guys, sorry, I gotta go. And he leaves the, the, the men, and he goes over to, the, to his wife, and then they work together, because when she gives birth, she has to give birth on land. Not sure why. And she digs a hole for her stomach, and they have, they have video of this. She gives birth to like um, 12 kids, Obviously, it's a chesidish satmar alligator. She's 12 kids, mamish like that. And she has to go ahead and she has to move the kids into the, into the, um, where do they swim? Ocean? It's not the look, it looks like a lake or a swamp. Swamp, okay, I don't know about this. I don't get out much. Okay, a swamp or whatever. What? They lay eggs. Then we see them crack. These, they're like out, right? They're very cute little alligators, by the way. Okay, very cute. And um, she has to carry them to, into the thing. Now, here's the problem. First of all, she can't carry because they walk, hello. So you know how they do it. She throws a couple of them up in the air, catches it with her mouth, gently, brings them into the thing. Now, here's the problem. In the swamp is waiting snapping turtles to eat them. And when she leaves them, 
there are animals that are coming to um, eat, apparently, this uh, scrambled eggs, my Sylvia, this uh, sunny side up. So she needs a husband, okay? So the husband makes a perimeter while she, you know, gives birth and protects. And you see animals coming and it goes like with the big mouth, you know, rah, 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 right? And it doesn't say rah. What, what, what voice? See, I, I, sh- I should do some research beforehand. What's the voice of an alligator? Anybody have a two-year-old kid with that thing that you pull and it goes around? What's the voice an alligator makes? They hiss? Like a snake? That's not scary. I think it goes, rah. Okay, so the alligator does that and keeps the people away while she goes back and forth and runs in to the water with them, runs back, and she loses a few of them. And, and when she's in the water, they have video of all of this. I have no idea how we ended up on an animal planet. <laughs> right, because even animals love their kids, and they risk their lives for their kids. See, here's the thing. But the kids don't, don't feel love for parents. That's why the Gemara says, right? Abama Machteris, right? Ayin Sham. Is that what it's called? Abama Machteris? Did I get it right? No? Yes? I, I should have paid more attention to Shiva and while watching Animal Planet. Yeah, Abama Machteris, right? So the kid, if he, he would kill his father, but a father would never kill his son. Fact of life, because it's in the Bria. The kids don't know what love, what unconditional love is. So when you show the kid, I don't like you, they believe that if you don't like me, you can't love me. And that feeling that you don't like me on a child is miserable. Miserable. Breaks down. Especially in Awadar. Miserable. In the previous generations, people were able to not go on drugs and commit suicide. It was a different world. But they were broken also. But they, they, they kept, they have a family, whatever. But they have a broken heart because my father wasn't proud of me. My father didn't like me. A lot of you know that feeling. It's horrible. But you were able to, you know... Before therapy was around, so you had an extra lachayim. You numbed it once in a while, but it's a yucky feeling, right? Very yucky feeling. But they, we survived. Today, with such a broken dar, such a broken dar, it kills them. And they feel, I'm not liked, and they feel, therefore, I'm not loved. Who said it's a broken dar? Avi Fischer from Twisted Parenting says a broken dar? No. Ramayshe Tuvi Leif Gesund said that his Rebbe, who was Rabbi Shmuel Birnbaum, Sarah Taira of America. Rabbi Shmuel Birnbaum Zatzal. Your seats are available for you. Did you check in online? Because they're still available. Rabbi Shmuel Birnbaum Zatzal told Rabbi Shatuvi, I have it recorded when he was here in group, he told us, must be over 40 years ago. He said, you think I can give anybody here Musar? And he described what the situation was. It was in Mir Yeshiva in Brooklyn. In those days, it was standing room only. They had about eight guys standing around the bima. There was no place to sit. And these were the Kalyungalite, the most from and strong of Kal Yisrael. And he said, you think I could tell anybody Musa? And he was from a different world. He was from a different generation, from a different planet. He's mamish, you can't compare, it's like a hundred generations from before the Holocaust and afterwards. He was from a different world, but he understood, he said, you think I can give anybody Musr? No. I can't go to a Kalingo man and give him Musr. I can only go round about. Akmimus. Is that the word? Is that the word? Akmimius or Akmimus? Twisted. I can only go twisted. We have seats. I can only go twisted. That's what he told him. He said, because Musr doesn't work 40 years ago, 
40 plus years ago on from Erlich strong Kailingalite. And it's going to work on a kid? And it's going to work on a struggling kid? It's going to work on a broken kid? Never. Never. He said, I, I always have to talk round about without direct because otherwise it doesn't work. He said to Ramesh many years ago, this dar is different. Efshe, it's a tzabrochana dar. Said maybe you could say it's you could say on it that it's a broken generation, emotionally broken before any therapy even existed forty years ago to understand what was happening. He saw it. And what would he say today? They can't take Musr and they can't take rejection. But we have tools. We just we are the sandwich generation, us old folks, because we have to change our tools. The next generation is going to have it much easier. The young guys raising kids have it much easier. Yes. They're much better at understanding. They're much, much calmer. They know what, what, what anxiety and depression is. Counselors in camp already at 16, 17, 18, 19 years old. Everybody in camp, they understand kids, they understand kids, they understand emotional pain. We don't, we don't understand emotional pain. Because we never heard of anybody who had emotional pain. And even if we had it, but we didn't do anything with it. And, and for some reason, it didn't exist. And people say, yeah, but the kids, you know, you know what they say? You know what? Therapists are ruining kids. And 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 parents being nice are ruining kids. I get call. I got a call today. I get calls all the time about nine and ten year olds. Today I got a call about a ten year old. Tells his parents he's refusing to go to school. Says I want to die. I want to die. I want to die. She says, What do we do? And then they say, No, you have to go to school. I want to. I'm going to kill you. I'm going to kill you. I'm going to take a knife. I'm going to kill you. I want to die. Kid won't go to sleep. Obviously, it's trauma. But she goes, what do we do with a 10-year-old? What do we do? The kid won't go to therapy. The kid won't talk in therapy. Where do you go? What do you do? It's, it's dropping. This kid, the behavior that they left me on a voice note and then I spoke to them is the behavior of a 15-year-old, which used to be the behavior of a 20-year-old. Because originally, kids at risk 30 years ago was 18, 19-year-old kids. They, they smoked cigarettes and they drank beer and they shot pool. And now we have 13-year-olds doing heroin and, and being suicidal and saying I want to die and I want to kill 13, 12, 11, 10, 9 what, what in the world is going to happen and Shmuel Burmam saw the cracks emotional cracks in the psyche of our generation 40 plus years ago Tzadikim understand us Rav Steinman Zatzal Rav Gershon Edelstein Zatzal they all understood us that it's different and we have some people saying what's different they need a kick in the pants they're going to take advantage of you all that rhetoric which is hurting so many people, Rahman al-Litzlan. So Shmuel Burmam said, it's a Adar. He writes in his Sefer, you should look it up. He says now, there's an, there is a machla ma'od shechicha. Very, very common. This is many years ago. I don't remember. Look, look it up. You can Google when, when, when was uh, Shmuel Burmam nifter. 20 years ago? 30 years ago? 10 years ago? Yesterday, I don't know, I don't remember. I really don't look stuff up. Look it up. It was, it was more than 10 years ago, no? Seven or eight years ago. And he said this, and he wrote this, Bukhari Shmoy, I think is the name of the Sefer. And he writes, these are the words, if I remember correctly. At least I remember the words. There's a machla ma'od shchicha, and it's called dika'on, depression. He says, venira, and it appears to me, shemuter lechalal shabbos avur mi shesoival mi zu. It seems to me that it's mutter to be Mechal Shabbos. I don't know how and, and what. For someone who is suffering from depression. 
lest you think that he's talking about major depression, which a lot of your kids have, and you should know that at least ask your Rav that you should be Mechal Shabbos to save them, which you can, and you ask your Rav how and what, but he was not talking about major depression. He says, because somebody who's suffering from mild depression, he says, Mi idea le'eze makam, something like that, yachal lehistarder. I have to look it up, I forgot the words. Right, but he says, Mi shesoyvel mimachlazu, you have the words? Oh, he was lifted in 2008. 15 years ago. Mi shesoyvel mimachlazu, nir shemutu l'chal Shabbos, because you don't know when someone has depression, how the, the floor can open up from under them and they can mamash become into pikuach nefesh. Uva pikuach nefesh, everybody listen because your kids are all pikuach nefesh, that's why you're here. And those of you who are not here, you have to know that your kid is suffic pikuach nefesh, ask your rav, is the same halacha. Uva pikuach nefesh, ein halchem basar rav. You don't go by over what most likely will happen. Afilumiyat shebemiyat muter lechalal alav Shabbos. And you don't know where, and he wasn't talking about severe. So we have to remember all of that and so much more. Hashem should help that all of our chayla Yisrael should all have refuah sanefesh or refuah saguf. And you parents have to bake into them, no matter what their journey is. I love you and I like you, and you have to make them feel more warm at home than any place in the world. Rav Steinman said it clear. Rav Steinman Zatzal said it clear that the job of parents is that they should feel more warmth from you than from anybody out there. Parents asked, Shimon Russell talks about it, he, he, oh, he went on behalf of the parents, he was the shliach, he says it on the video. And he asked Steinman, what should we do about a 14-year-old that has a boyfriend-girlfriend situation? And watch what Steinman said, he understood at 95 years old plus, he understood human nature. He said, what, he said, what do the parents give to that child more than that girl? Do they look at him with the love that that girl fills his heart with? We're in a tug of war. There should be nobody on earth that gives more of all of the things that we learn, especially when they're struggling, because that's when they need it most. I'll end with this. Rip Shimon has a, a, a caricature, cartoon that he said in his speech about 20 years ago, and I found it online. It's in the, it's in the book. It says a kid, you see a kid playing and he gets upset and he kicks the toys and then he plays again and he kicks the toys and he says bad words so the mother is schlepping and puts him in bed. As she's leaving, the kid says, but mommy, don't I get a kiss goodnight? She says, Timmy, after the way you behaved, you think you're going to get a kiss now? He says, but mom, now's when I need it most. The kids who are struggling, they need it most. <laughs>